1: I, I define League MX as the shoot your shot league.
0: You do expect higher performances and better things from Club Americas, but it's the inconsistencies. Oh, well, isn't this though? I will maintain that the U.S. Men's National Team came out to the knockout round despite terrible coaching.
1: Like, they have a student discount, maybe, to go to a like, <laughs> like, they got it, Right. <laughs> No, <laughs> take that next step. I think it's still undisputed that you have to go to Europe. He's
2: going to well, be
1: on the ground for the majority the, of the pack. No, look back at No, that, if that's, that's you the have Christian it. Pulisic treatment though. Same. We're going to and... have to stop this. We're going to start arguing on this podcast, aren't we? Welcome back to another episode of the Real Football Show. I'm Gino Ganello, joined once again this week by Edwin Garcia our producer but our stand-in co-host while lizzie is on vacation right now she's enjoying herself i'm sure um she deserves it because she does a lot of work and (laughs) she just she deserves it she 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 kills it over there so um we are filling in for her and missing her of course she'll be back next week but edwin was great last week and so we brought him back this week and before we get started edwin how are you doing
2: I am doing great. Just keeping the seat warm for Lizzie. Um, yeah, she's obviously big shoes to fill here with, you know, big time news breaking journalist. You know, and then you have me come in. But I uh, try my best. Try my best. But Lizzie, enjoy. Stay uh, stay dry out there. It's raining like crazy, but enjoy. Have a good time off. Um, and my, you know, my favorite part of the little intro video is when she gets mad. In the in the little clip, every time it always yes. makes me giggle every time. <laughs> I love that part. So it's kind of like she's here, but but yeah, great show, man. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me and glad to be back. Let's get started, man. Let's roll. Yeah, there's a lot to go over. Um, we have a lot of things
1: to figure out, or a little lot of things to figure out, a lot of things to talk about. Um, yeah. a lot of MLS that happened this past weekend, good and bad, unfortunately. Um, and um, of course league mx Concacaf champions league a whole bunch of it um you know before we get started we probably should mention um i didn't put this in the rundown but i probably probably should mention the the red bulls incident um that happened on saturday uh racist remarks were made by dante van zier of the red bulls um towards it seemed like it was either towards abobasi or um towards boboce or mensa in the middle of a scuffle with referees i believe it took place around the 53rd minute they didn't get the game started again till 70 the 73rd minute so there's 21 minutes of extra time uh in that one but uh, Van Zier and struber the red bulls coach and the team have since issued apologies um on the uh for, you know for for their actions and and i guess struber in struber's case his inaction in the event um, yeah. but I just want to mention that as, you know, as, as we talk about this sport, of course, we want to make sure, you know, there's no place for that in, in MLS, there's no place for that in sport at all. There's no place for that in, in the world. So want to make sure, uh, you know, that, that, you know, we, we mention it and, and mention that, and even though it was an unfortunate situation, it's something that, you know, we hope never happens again in MLS.
2: I agree, man. Completely agree. Yeah. Well, there's no place for that in sports and life anywhere we're all adults we're we're better than this man it's an unfortunate event hopefully those who you know participated you know understand what they did and learn from it and hopefully we don't see any more of this but we'll see time will tell but hopefully no more yes. and we'll uh we'll keep going
1: yeah, and as of now, there has been no suspensions or fines or reprimand reprimanding done by the MLS um, uh, in the case of Dante Van Zier. Uh, so we will see what happens. Um, I mean, again, I'm sure what's happening in that locker room for you know, yeah, on the pitch and anything like that. It's it's a difficult situation to navigate now, but um, you know, again, we just hope it doesn't happen again, and you know. Send our thoughts out to those who who were affected in that incident, whether it be Bobasi or Mensa or any of the other players there. Um, again, the actual racist remark has not been, you know, shared with us, and obviously that's not none of our business. It just shouldn't make a difference whether it's no matter what the comment was. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so our, our thoughts and imp- thoughts go out to those guys, and again, no place for that in in soccer, and no place for that in the world. So um, just wanted to mention that real quick before we started. Uh, but now that we're done with the unfortunate events, we get into, um, I guess, the more you know, fun stuff for some people. For for you, Edwin, now, maybe now not I can so say much. a bunch
2: of now I can say a bunch of mean things about somebody else, but in a nice way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now we could talk in a bad way about somebody else. No, um, but yeah. into Miami, they suffer their fifth straight loss. This one at home to FC Dallas, one nothing. Um, this was by all accounts just not a good match at all. By Enter Miami, uh, I was it was rough. They they failed to score yeah. a goal for their fourth time in five games. Neville calls out Joseph Martinez after the game, says changes may come to lineup, and has also hinted at changes to the team, possible additions because it's not enough right now. This was the first game with the two striker system of Campana and Yosef up top. Um, your thoughts overall. Before we get into it in more depth, your thoughts overall on this performance by Inter Miami.
2: Oh man, it's this. I try to be optimistic. I try to find silver lining. I try to to look at this objectively. It's it stinks, man. It just stinks from every angle. There's nothing nothing good here at all for inner Miami from their performance on the pitch to management to everything that's going on and encompasses the whole team it's it's an unfortunate thing this is as close to rock bottom as you could possibly get for a young franchise we haven't had that much history but it's at least there was like glimpses of hope in the past and I feel like right now all hope is gone I just I don't yeah. see any light at the end of the tunnel because like we'll get into it, but I'm sure. Yeah, it, there's like all over social media and all over here locally. Uh, there's so many Neville out chants And, you know, the, the word online is, you know, get rid of them. Um, Bex, get rid of your boy, bring in somebody new. But who are they going to bring in? Like, it, even if they brought in, I, I, there's no, you know, snap and it's all fixed thing. It, that's just one bandaid on a lot of cuts. And that's what this team has right now. I We just got to start healing, man. It's got to start healing before it, it gets even worse. So, uh, yeah, that's why yeah, I'm wearing the Miami was, FC jersey today. I needed to feel like a winner. It was, I didn't want to feel. It,
1: it was it was definitely a rough one. Um, you know, it seemed like Dallas found a lot of freedom down the right side against Negri. It seemed like Negri just had an awful game. From start to finish, was just not good at all. He was getting beat on everything. Every single yeah. good attack that Dallas had came down that side. Um, and, and yeah, I guess the question begs to be asked: How much does? How much longer does Neville have, in your opinion? How much? It, how much longer should he have, in your opinion? Not not will he have based on the leash that yeah. Beckham gives him or whatnot? In your opinion, how much longer of a leash should Neville have before it's time to? say let's move on
2: and in my opinion that leash was gone a long time ago but if we're just to answer your question that the leash it's got to be one more game really this is it you have a bye week this week they don't play they have two weeks to figure it out get everybody on board and put together your best game plan ever like you gotta this has to be your your magnum opus is that what they say? Like yeah, this has to be your 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 top performance. This is the one that everyone will measure you on if you win, and everyone will definitely measure you if you lose. I think there's yeah. all the pressures on Phil. If they come in, lay another dud. Even if they draw, unfortunately, I think he's in he's in so tight with Bex that even if he gets like a one-one draw or a zero-zero draw, I think the leash will be extended one more week. But mm. me personally, no. It's 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 now or never. You got to come out with a statement win. two weeks off to prepare and 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 give the best performance that you possibly can. That's that's it, because you said it. This this past game performance was horrible. The first half of this past week against Dallas, Dallas came out strong, pressuring Miami had the possession, but had no shots. Couldn't do anything with the ball. Dallas was the one pushing and pressing and pressing. And if it wasn't for Drake Callender, who's quietly the MVP of this game, nah, he's, he's just fair. A goal, that was just a tap. And that's just, he was standing there. The ball was there and he's just putting it in. There was nothing, no, no play development, no banger, no nothing like that. It was just, you know, right place at the right time. But Drake Calendar single-handedly kept that game from being like four nothing in the first half. Just that's, that's how bad the defense was. That's how bad Inter-Miami was playing. Second half was... A little better but it they don't have and we, we we spoke about it last week they don't have that person that playmaker that creativity up top to to finish nobody's taking shots you're trying to walk the ball in every time it's lack of organization there's no no creativity no cutting in from the wings there's nothing no and nobody's stepping up guys mm-hmm. are trying but they look like a fish out of water there's way, like like i said at the beginning there's a lot of cuts and just a bunch of little band-aids everywhere and it's not It's not going to help. It's not going to work.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's um, it's got to be soon if he keeps on losing. I mean, you can't lose five games in a row and not expect to be on the hot seat and and expect to be on your way out. I mean, that's that's unacceptable for any team when and and never mind a team like Inter Miami who was expected to compete near the top of the MLS. Um, and comes in and gets two big wins, um looking back now to wins that may <laughs> not have been as, as big as we thought they were because Montreal oh, and God. Philly are not playing so well. Um,
2: we picked the team that's yeah. the worst in the league, and we celebrated. Yeah, it. no, Crazy. yeah, Exactly.
1: <laughs> and, you know, they haven't scored – like I said, they haven't scored in, in four of the last five games. And they Then These are against Toronto. New York City FC is in there. You know, Cincinnati has been very good, so not scoring against them is not, yeah. you know, unreasonable – um you know but dallas as well so these this these are games that they should be scoring and find the back of the net and they just haven't played well enough to find the back of the net and you got to expect that at at some point it's going to be neville's time and at some point beckham's just gonna have to say you know what the time is up we're losing too many games this team should not be losing this many games and like you said they have a bye week coming up and they play Houston on the end on the other end of that bye week. A Houston team, who isn't the best, but is significantly improved from last season. Um, and they currently find themselves in seventh place in the West. Um, they've won, I believe, three of their last four matches. So this isn't you know this isn't a team that's going to roll over. Yeah. Uh, they'll be you know they're they're going to be a tough test. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how much longer of a leash he has. But at this moment, in in, I think in both of our opinions, it it can't be that much longer.
2: Yeah, Just like, come on, stop it. Like, end the misery already. There's nothing we're going to... Even if we go on a run, like two games in a row and he wins, and the guys start playing better, it's the moment it happens again. We've lost all equity with the fans. They've lost all equity with everyone involved in the team. Like, as soon as they, they... Come on, it... They're not going to pull together five straight wins the way uh, St. Louis did. You know what I mean? But that's what it's going to take for them, for him to, like, get back all those lost fans and have and buy himself enough equity to continue on. But even if they win this week, people are still going to there's just there's no there's no faith and hope. And it's, it's really it's it's a shame because this like looking at it in the big picture as a local Miami guy here and as a local fan. Unfair expectations. That's what every team in Miami suffers with. Unfair expectations, whether yeah. you're the Marlins, Dolphins, the Miami Heat, Inter-Miami, any team. There's unfair expectations, and especially with this team because of the way it came about and everything. And there's been a long, a long, long drama. This team didn't start playing till 2020, but the franchise was granted in 2012. Okay, so that was eight years where everybody sat around waiting for this team to come around. So there's been a lot of vested interest. There's been a lot here. And to go through another coaching change, to do this, to have nothing to show for it after, you know, into into our fourth season now, it's, man, you're going to lose this delicate fabric of fan base that we have here because it's a, it's a winning, it's a, I'm not going to say a title town because we've won titles, but we don't regularly win them in every sport. But this is a championship city. The people want to see championships. There's a lot Mm -hmm. to do. You're competing with a lot. You have a stadium that's way, way north, an hour away from Miami, yet they call themselves Inner miami There's so many things that are going against you that you can't afford to to mess up what's the most pure thing that you have under your control, which is your team and how you perform every Mm -hmm. given match. And, man if that's going bad you got no hope it's really 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 tough if these fans start going and they or they stop going and they start going somewhere else oh man cuz the, the, there's a solid core fan base the supporters group la familia which is made up of a, of a three different big supporters groups and some smaller ones sprinkled in they're going to be there regardless and if you watch the games you hear them singing and 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 dancing and cheering the team on all game and you see it in the rain no matter what But eventually everybody hits their limit. And I hope that their limit is their leash is a lot longer than mine. You know, mine, like I said, is right there. But I hope that their fandom leash is a lot longer because it's it's a tough ask, man. And in a sport and an MLS where there's so much parity. I know we mentioned Montreal being a bad team, but I really do think that when you look at all the teams in Major League Soccer, there's probably just a handful. You can count them on one hand, amount of teams that are really have separated themselves as elite teams well-run organizations top to bottom that you can count on that are that are going to always play well everybody else i feel is separated by very minimal things and as bad as inner miami is right now their separation between them and that top of that group that they're in is not much so it's really it really bothers and it really hurts when you see that this team just can't put it together because like i said there's not there's not a big difference. There's a lot of parody. There's a lot of good football when you watch MLS on Saturdays. So I just I need to see a little better. Just give me something to to cheer for, not just a couple of plays. You know, I, I, I need something a little more. And and right now, the Miami fan needs it because it's dark times, man. Dark times right now. Well, I I am
1: I, probably this is probably not going to help. But oh, here we go. When you look at two teams, we've talked about Montreal, we've talked about Inter Miami. Yeah. If the game game one goes differently, these are two teams that are basically on the same path. If game one goes differently, or if they tie, they are the two worst teams in the uh, in the East. So as much (laughs) as we talked about them being these little pieces away from being the top, they're also these little pieces away
2: from
1: being the worst team in the league, which is hundred percent. Um. Obviously not a great look. And with that said, I bring in the question and, you know, maybe this is a little bit of an unfair question for for Miami. Before we get into this, I I think think the hype is, I, I don't think it's unfair, the hype this season, maybe in previous seasons it was, but I think going into this season... It's never unfair. It's yeah. never
2: unfair because anybody who plays here and anybody who's a fan of this team or, or understands the, the dynamic of it understands that it comes with the territory. You yeah. cannot be in Miami or Fort Lauderdale like they are and yeah. not understand that there's an unfair expectation. It is what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, they, they should have, they should be much better than they are. There's yeah. no way they should be as far down as they are. They should be competing for top four in the East. And I think that's, That's without a question, considering the the talent that they have on the team. And you look at what the top four in the East are, and it's Cincinnati who everybody expected. But it's a New England team who I don't think many people expected to be up there. It's an Atlanta team that many people were like, you know, they're going to need a lot of pieces to fall into place for it to work. It's a Columbus team with a brand new coach and a Mm -hmm. couple new players um, and a bunch of youngsters that's helping the team. Like, there's no reason Inter-Miami shouldn't be in that top four but things have been not great. And I guess, again, this may be a little unfair, but the question begs asking after five straight losses and your only win being over, your only other win uh, being over Montreal and only other wins being over Montreal and Philadelphia. When you look at the two teams between Montreal and Inter Miami, Losado obviously coming off of two games in which they lost by a combined score of nine yeah. nothing. Um, granted, we have to give them. They're, you know, they're due the five nothing was, was a also due to a red card um in that first game. So um maybe it wouldn't have been as bad. As it would still would have been lost. But um but between Montreal, between Montreal and Inter Miami, between Phil Neville and Losado, in your opinion,
2: whose hot seat is hotter? Oh, it's a great question. Uh who's got the hotter hot seat? Um, God, I why am I why is this happening to me? Why am I here talking about Inter Miami's coach being on the hot seat? I this is not what I expected this year. Um, I think it's 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 again with the unfair expectations. It's got to be Neville. Look, this guy in Montreal. Although when you really think about when you kind of th- no, it's still it's still Neville. It's still Neville because even though Montreal was a better team last season than Miami and their fall has been bigger technically down the the um, the table, it's still they don't it's a new coach first year you got to give him time to figure it out to make some changes to apply philosophies do some things he still has the benefit of the doubt of what benefit of doubt of time and it's 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 a new structure Neville's been everything that you see here has been happening for a couple of years already at minimum you know so there's Mm. it what are we what are we arguing about it's Neville it's easy he's the one who's been here doing it the longest and the results haven't been happening so it's definitely him I, it's unfortunate what Montreal is going through, but again, Montreal is not being rumored with Messi. Okay, when the fact yeah. that Inter Miami, anytime any European player is disgruntled, and they say, "Oh, he's thinking about going to the United States," it's always Inter Miami. We're always in the talks yeah. with every single great player out there, and that's I need a coach who can who can make it more enticing for those players to want to come here. And right now, Phil Neville, no, hottest seat, he's the hot one.
1: I'm going to uh, disagree. I'm going to be on the other side here. I'm going to say Losado might you're be right. on the hotter hot seat. <laughs> I, I think. I think that. I think that Losado. It's easy to say, "Oh, you're a new coach, right?" But yeah. at the same time, I, even with new players, you got to figure something out. In seven games, in the only reason they have a win is because of a red card that Philadelphia Union got that completely flipped the game on its head with 20 minutes to play. This is a team that hasn't scored a single goal in any other match. Um, so as much as you could say, oh man, like, you know, your new coach, give them time, this, that, and the other thing. Nine goals in two games uh given up, given having a minus 13 goal differential that they have right now, I think is is rough. And and granted, yes, they lost a lot of players. Samuel Piet is injured right now, but this team was a team that finished in second place last season yeah. in the E this is a mighty fall from where they were despite yeah. losing their coach and a couple of their best players i don't i don't think we've seen a, new york city fc had the same situation where they lost a bunch of really good players didn't yeah. lose their coach lost their coach midseason last year i think it was but um, they're doing much better than we're seeing from montreal so i think in losado's case they're not even competitive right now and that's a serious issue
2: yeah, those are all solid points. Those are all solid points. Again, I, like and I mentioned it at the beginning, the fall on the table was a bigger, greater fall, What what's happened in Montreal. And it shows yeah. you how valuable Kai Kamara is, man. Like that guy, no matter how, he's been playing for what feels since like MLS started in 96, and he's on his like 27th different team right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he is just, uh, you, I didn't think you would take that guy out of that team and they would be this bad. Yeah,
1: it's him and, and Ishmael Kone in the middle. Yeah. They lost Georgie Mahalovich as well. So it's a few key pieces to that team. Yeah. But um still. Them to fall. give them a
2: little slack then if they've lost, like, those guys. Inter-Miami didn't lose anybody. We lost Pozuela, Miami, but we replaced we them lost, with an that's MVP. That's, we replaced that's one MVP with another MVP. You know, like, eh, I forgot about Ishmael Kone. I forgot that guy was good. Yeah, um, I mean, he we went for, for
1: a, a solid fee to, to Europe. Um yeah. Again, they've, they've, they've lost, they've lost a lot of key players. I just, you know, again, I think if if there's anything good about what Neville has been doing for the most part is, um, you know, at least they've been semi-competitive in every match, but the last one, and especially against Cincinnati, and maybe that's the hook you hang on to, Mm -hmm. but, um, I mean, both of them have been awful. Like both of them have not been good. And uh, I think it comes down to whether you value expectations or competitiveness more in yeah. that aspect because Miami has been competitive, but their expectations were, but they haven't won and their expectations were much, much higher. Montreal's expectations were a little bit lower, haven't been even remotely close to competitive, even yeah. based on their expectations. So,
2: um, I it, think this just fun. shows you. I think this shows you uh, how how important Drake Calendar is because he's been single handedly yeah. keeping it from being these Montreal type scores. It's so. a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> and and we mentioned Kai Kamara on
1: a Chicago team now that many of us expected to be in the same spot Montreal is right yeah. now. They're currently in sixth place with a plus one goal differential on nine points, and you know only you know they're they're four points back and fourth uh, fifth. So yeah. it's you know it's or excuse me, fourth, but yeah, it's, it, they've been much better. And Kai Kamara has been a major reason in that aspect. So, um, very interesting, you know, to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. But I think both those coaches definitely got to figure something out if they want. Um, and if they want to keep their jobs, because yeah. again, like I said, with Losado, even it's like, yes, you're a new coach. Yes, you should have time, but there's only so long of a leash you can have when you're losing three, nothing, four, nothing, five, nothing. Yeah. Those
2: are mantled Those are some bad, ugly l's. But I, th- I do think he'll he'll at least get to like midway through the season. Yeah, I yeah. really don't think Neville will make it past this next game in two weeks if they have another bad performance. This you yeah. see this in all in other sports too. This is like football is no no different. Where that you know lame duck coaches, you know he has the bye week and they're like, all right. He's got one last chance to prove himself. You know, this is the same thing. He's got the bye week now. We'll see what he comes up with. But if we look, the proof is in the pudding, man. And if we look at the recipe and everything that we've had, there's never been that moment from him where he comes out with the perfect game plan and does this. It's just, you know, I'm not optimistic. I think we'll be doing a show in a few weeks with, uh, you know, talking about who the next coach for Inter-Miami is going to be. Yeah, Jesse Marsh. No, hey? no, 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 no. I love um, Jesse Marsh. I love him. I think he's great, but stay in Europe, man. You're the only <laughs> American coach we got out there, man, representing. Oh, whoa, stay whoa, out whoa. there. And don't Pellegrini.
1: come here. Pellegrini Matzo Matarazzo is over yeah. in, in Germany. Give him some yeah. credit, too. I, he's no, not no, no. Exactly.
2: exactly. We have plenty of American coaches here. Leave our guys here. You, you've, you've elevated you know, to, to the European yeah. leagues. Go out there. Go. I heard he was rumored with Leicester City. Maybe that'll happen. You know, I'll yes, take one of those.
1: Leicester City. Turn them yeah. down. Oh, you more- turned them down? Turn them down.
2: See? So, good, good. Now you, you, you've you turned down jobs. That means more people are going to find you. This is good. Good for him. You know, give me one of those, like, former players. Give me, like, a, a Gerard or Lampard after he's done with Chelsea. Maybe they come over here, do the Rooney treatment. I'll take one of those guys. You know, something like speaking that. Look. Speaking of
1: Rooney, his D.C. United team will be taking on Montreal this week. I think that's a big one. If Montreal gets blown out by D.C. United, who has not yeah. been good this season either,
0: that's
1: not quite not great, but let's move on. Let's move on to, uh, well, I guess one of these teams is performing well. Another one of these teams has been another one of the big disappointments of the season. Oh, here I we go. LAFC versus Austin FC. Uh, LAFC stopped all over Austin in this one. Yeah. 3 um, at home. Buanga, let's start there with LAFC. I mean, we could talk about their their efforts and their talent week in, week out for days, but I think right now the big question was, at the beginning of the season, me and Lizzie talked about it, and it was who is where are they get where are the goals coming from, how are they going to survive without Chicho Rango, and it's by the it's by it's by a man named by the name of Dennis Buanga, and yeah, he is on a mission, Ooh. and he has made everybody forget about Chicho Rango. I honestly couldn't even tell you what I could look it up right now, but off the top of my head, I do not know what Chicho Rango is doing at Pachuca, Um, but I can tell you right
2: now he's probably, no, he's, he's in his, Monterey, he's in Monterey, no, no, he's at Pachuca. Oh man, I had it backwards. Okay, yeah.
1: and um, I can tell you right now, he probably doesn't have six goals in six MLS matches or six yeah. league matches, and he probably doesn't have eleven goals in all competitions.
2: So, yeah.
1: um, Buanga has been on a mission, and LAFC has been benefiting from it uh, for sure.
2: Well, I looked it up in uh, in French. Buanga means Chicho who. Uh, which is exactly what uh, what Bawanga's doing, man. He's just stepped in, and I feel LAFC th- this is what I was talking about earlier. These LAFC is that type of team that has separated itself, they are on another level. Everything they do nine out of ten times is going to work. They'll they'll yeah. fail on some stuff, you know. The Bale thing did it, when you look back at Gareth Bale's tenure, was it good? I mean, it got him a championship, but did he provide something? Maybe not. Yeah, I mean. Well, let me take that back. He did get that goal in the extra time. He did get the goal. That. He did get the that, goal. Yeah, yeah, I guess you give him that. goal. That's a very important goal. Um, so I'll give him that. But again, overall, some people might say, "Oh, well, they didn't need to get him. They probably used somebody else." But yeah, look, every nine out of ten times, LAFC's whatever they do is going to be the right thing. Uh, nine out of ten times, anything in your Miami does is probably going to be wrong. So that's the difference. The LAFC is one of these elite teams. Buanga is playing on a tear. He's the most informed player in MLS, like it's just week after week, even on his down weeks, he's still, you know, putting it up and his Champions League numbers are there. We're going to see. I don't know. if I don't think he's going to play tonight. I haven't seen the lineups. They haven't. uh, Those will come out later. But I can't anticipate, you know, with a three goal lead going into um, at home. Plus, he just another hat trick. He's just not from. We're lucky. We're lucky right now. We're lucky as fans to be able to tune in on Saturdays. Put on an LAFC game and know that we're going to get a spectacular show and a guy who's going gonna to ball out. And let's see. We'll keep it going. Keep enjoying joining. Hopefully he stays here long enough. How old is this? How old is boanga He's got to be in um, his early, mid-20s, right?
1: I looked it up earlier, and I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, He is 28 years old.
2: Oh, man. Perfect. Ripe right age, man. Right there, dude. 28 years old
1: no, he'll get a move if he keeps going like this I think I think he'll get a move I mean he is 28 years old so it is towards the end of that prime that a lot of soccer players are in now you know a lot of sports you look at and 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 the prime age is is much later than the 22, 23 that it is in 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 soccer but you know yeah. the striking partnership of of him and isn't uh Pierre Emmerich Obama or isn't obamaang the uh Gavin international as well? Gabonese, yeah, yeah, I believe so. so. I, yeah. I, they got to be winning a lot more games with those two on top. I mean, What are we doing over here?
2: Yeah. Um, so. And there's also the rumor of of, uh, of Pierre. I, I can't. Pierre going over to LAFC. There was that big rumor yes, going around was, earlier, was earlier this season. Room, yeah. So we'll see. Maybe maybe we'll have the little Gabonese strike partnership there <laughs> in uh, in LA. That'll be something to see, man. And, and you know what? They have like it's just they've replaced
1: players. And they're just, like you said, they're a very well-run organization for such a young organization. This kid Biuk on the right. right side, I think he's only 22 years old, 20 years old. Sorry. Croatian international, only 20 years old. He has been very dangerous for them. He hasn't showed up on the score sheet a lot. He only has one goal, no assists, but he has been very dangerous and in getting into really good spots, which is allowed, you know um, which has allowed Buanga to get into these spots and, and get those goals. But, but Buke has been really good, Apoku's been good. Um Timothy Tillman has been solid yes. for in, the, in the matches he's, that he's performed. he's been in. The,
2: the other Tillman, the know, other team, he's yeah. great man. He's been he's been on our little he's been on our team of the week a couple times already early on in the season man. He's been playing really well, very quiet, low key. And you know who's fit in just perfectly over there, who's loved by everybody? Kilini. He's gone yes. in there and it's like oh okay yeah hey, he's always happy he's never angry like i don't see that mad italian guy i see like a happy italian guy out there on playing defense every single yeah. game that guy seems to be having the time of his life ever since he came to la and, and i love it. it. If
1: you look at if you look at foot mob, or foot mob. it's yeah. he has the best rating out of any lafc player right now he's got a 7.84 rating over the 6 matches that they played so far this season Good consistency six man for a guy of his age you know that's 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 not too bad um, and I think there were some questions about his consistency towards the end of last year. But he's really he's done a phenomenal job this year. And this team is just they're firing on all cylinders. And that's you know what we should expect from them. They're, they're really not showing any signs of letting up. They've lost one match the entire season. And it was their second match against um, it was their second match in the C- Ch- CONCAP Champions League. Um, yep. when they had a bunch of players and they were already up three nothing, and they were just like, whatever, we're gonna yeah. just you know, we're not gonna really trying this one. Um, another situation like that, which we'll again we'll talk about when we get to the Concaf Champions League. But Austin FC, on the other hand, the team that I think many of us were looking at and expected to be just as good, expected to Drew Drew C to compete for that golden boot again and the MVP again. And so far, Sebastian Drew C only has one goal and one assist. Um they don't they don't have that many goals that their their most goals have come from their right back. Um and it's just been poor performance after poor performance. And if it wasn't for the West being as bad as the West is, um right. at the bottom with RSL and and Colorado and some of the and LA Galaxy and Sporting KC all being bad. Then Austin FC would not be in a playoff spot, or in even remotely close to a playoff spot right now. Yeah, and I mean
2: it it looks really bad over there. It does. It does. It's not the best Austin FC, but it's still Austin FC. I I still have faith in the brand, in the organization. I I have them like in between that elite and that where everybody else is. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like they have everything in place to be that elite type of of team. They're just not performing as well. You mentioned Drew, see, Fagundes, another one who hasn't really been lighting it up. Nobody has there. But it, if you look at MLS uh, as a whole in general, you look at some of the names from last season, like the Hani Mukhtar, the Brandon Vasquez. Yeah. Um, these guys that were slow starts. They've all got enough to slow starts. The uh, Hani Mukhtar MVP, Golden Boot guy. He's you know, he's he's playing, and Nashville's still in our in our top ten in our in our rankings and everything. But you haven't seen that honey Mukhtar that you saw week in and week out, especially towards that second half of the season last uh, last year. You yeah. Brandon Vasquez has that what one goal this season, yeah. Uh, but you've seen other guys step up. Your Thiago Almadas and your Jordan Morris and obviously uh, Boanga. But I think uh, I think with with Austin, they have the potential to just be able to turn it on if with a very just a couple of little tweaks. Here they're they're still finding out what. What's going to get them going? I still think that they're not – they didn't lose uh, talent the way other teams lost talent in the offseason. I feel like, if anything, they should have evolved and gotten stronger. And maybe it's just a little bit of, you know, hey, we we surprised a lot of people, and now people aren't taking us, you know, for granted as much, and we're, we're trying to adjust. I think there's a little learning curve for them this season, but I'm not going to write them off like, you know, a bust just yet. I still think – they they still got – you know, they still got equity with me. I, I like where they're going, but they need to they need to make some changes here and get back in gear. So let me ask you a question.
1: Yeah. Austin FC, if you look at their schedule and, and how they've performed this season, they've beat Montreal 1-0. Um, and I believe that game was at home. Um, yeah, they beat Montreal at home 1-0. They beat RSL um, on the road 2-1 other than that they've lost to St. Louis 3 to 2 at home in St. Louis very first match in MLS. Yeah. They lost to Violet uh, in the CONCACAF Champions League could not advance in the CONCACAF Champions League. They lost 2 nothing to Houston. Um they yeah they lost 2 nothing to Houston in Houston. They tied Colorado 1-1 and then they lost to LAFC 3 yeah. nothing. So over the course of their season They've given up a handful of goals. They've only scored one to four goal, or excuse me, six goals in MLS. Mm-hmm. What is the difference for you between this Austin team?
2: The Inter Miami team we were talking about earlier. See, I knew you were going this this route, and I don't appreciate it. Uh, because I just finished complimenting Austin FC, and then you did what uh, the young people on the streets call pulled up receipts, and I don't appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, look, man, Austin and and Inter Miami, we're we're talking a lot more fans in Austin. They sell out every game mm. in a bigger stadium. That's the difference. Uh, <laughs> they more points more goals some signs of offense i mean they've only been let me see shut out here twice as opposed to us four in the last five games and mm-hmm. uh, they're trending in the wrong direction but the, i still don't think i'm not going to put them in the same classes inner miami or as bad as we have been so i i still think again i'm going to stand by the fact that yeah they've they've got some questionable things but that st louis game I've, i can make an excuse that it was the first game of the season i it's it's you don't know what to expect. That was a surprise. St. Louis was playing with house money. Things can happen. But you flip that result around in 3-2 Austin, you got a whole nother, you know, uh, a whole nother breakdown in, in standings and everything. So just like that Real Salt Lake game, if they had won that one, won nothing. You turn around one of these results. Basically, you turn around one of these results, Austin's a lot better than they are right now. You turn around one of the Inter-Miami results, they could be the worst team in football. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's the difference right there. Yeah, but I think you could also make the same case
1: for Austin. If you turn the 2-1 RSL game into a 2-1 loss instead of a 2-1 win, then yeah. Austin's sitting on four points and at the bottom of the West. So yeah. I think I think for me, the thing is, you know, when you look at them and compare them, I mean, I know Philly isn't playing that well, but Inter-Miami has – they both have wins over Montreal, and Inter-Miami's one, one other win is against Philly, and Austin's one other win is against Real Salt Lake, which – I would argue Inter Miami actually has has the better win. But at the same time, I think Phil Neville, like Austin and, and and Josh Wolf have probably bought themselves a lot of time by doing what they did last season. Yes. Whereas Inter Miami has not even come close to that and has had the potential and has had the expectations, like you've mentioned, for yep. for a while. So I think that's why you can make the case that Austin is still. You know, you're not worried about them as much. It's not as big of a deal. And where where in a Miami, it's much bigger deal. But this Austin team needs to figure it out soon. And they need to figure it out soon because a lot of people, as I mentioned before, were talking about how lucky, we're, uh, how lucky Austin were last season. And right now, they haven't proven anybody wrong. So they're going to have to do it again because a lot of people going into last season expected them to finish in 12th, 11th. They finished in second place or whatever. They finished in second yeah. place in the West. A lot of people were shocked, but the question was, could they repeat it this season? And this season, they haven't shown that quality that they showed last season. Yeah. But it goes- it'll be interesting to see. But they're going to need to to take a step in the right direction because they uh, they have not looked as good as they probably should look right now.
2: It, go- it goes to show you what you know a proper season well how much weight that can carry into the next season and mm-hmm. as far as expectations go good for 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 Austin but if you Austin fans are out there and hey misery loves company if you want to come hang out with me i mean <laughs> we could <can> be <laughs> we could be abysmal together i'm not going to i'm not going to fight too hard for Austin to be better than Inter Miami i mean so but i do see that there is a little bit of a difference there and i'll, I'll give the edge to them slightly
1: Would would you would you feel differently um about because again Inter-Miami is only one point behind Austin. It's not like they're that <laughs> far. But would you feel differently if Phil Neville had led Inter-Miami to is, – is what you're saying basically is you'd feel differently if Inter-Miami was in the Eastern Conference Finals last season?
2: Oh, 150%. If we were yeah. coming off of a second-place showing, that uh, absolutely, absolutely, mm. absolutely. Even if we were coming off Montreal season last season where we didn't even make it to the Eastern Conference finals but just you know finished second in the table I would have taken that yeah we'd, I'd definitely be campaigning for 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 uh for Neville to stick around because right now the only the only reason I campaign this hard for him to stick around is just because I give a lot of credit to what he did last season with one thing in particular which was how he was able to turn Gonzalo Higuain into the sixth man of the year which was probably one of the most incredible Houdini tricks I've ever seen in pro sports because that guy was just not anything good at that time. Oh, as as angry as I am about Phil Neville right now, I was even angrier last season with Gonzalo Higuain. Like that's how bad it was. Okay, but yeah, Phil Mm -hmm. Neville changed that around, got us something, and uh, but now there's no Gonzalo Higuain. There's just Phil Neville, and he's not doing. We got Joseph Martinez out there. Just you know, he's all he's doing is play better. Telling him to play better. That's it seven games in six games <laughs> You're in. Right. he's got no goals nothing play better that's all not bad. not even be, i don't think he's even had that many good chances
1: i'd have to check what his note his xg are, what is this season but i can't yeah. imagine it's very high with the way he's been performing so yeah. um a lot lot to be desired um uh, with with uh Josef martinez but let's move on a little bit and and talk a little bit about we've, we've we won't go in depth with with seattle we are you know kind of running a little long on the MLS segment here, but we'll talk the fact that Seattle did win against St. Louis three, nothing this past week, uh, this past weekend, the other top team in the Western conference, a team that was shocking everybody, but also, you know, performing really well and, and, and did play a good solid first half against Seattle, Seattle figured out in the second half and and ran away with this one, three, nothing. My question to you is when you look at the top two teams in the uh, Western conference, who is your favorite, LAFC or Seattle?
2: I'm um, still LAFC. I've been I've been on the LAFC bandwagon since last season, just what I saw them do collectively over the course of the whole season, the way they've been able to. Because, yeah, look, Bale scored that big goal, but Bale was also absent for a lot of the time. And the way that they held the, that team together, the way they faced that adversity of like, hey, we had this huge signing, and he's not even on the pitch, but yet they still continue to, Run through those teams like that and play as well as they did. I, I, I admire it, man. I, I wish, I, I wish that uh, that my team would be like that. But again, I, I do enjoy watching a well-run team, and they're the they're the they're the class of MLS right now. Seattle is up there as far as they've you know two championships. They have that history. They're always going to be competitive. But right now, man, LAFC is just too hot right now, man. Too too hot. Too too loaded. And again, Seattle, Jordan Morris, I, I feel like he's going to come down to earth, man. He's got more. He's on pace to score, like, I don't know how many goals. His, his career high is, like, 14 or something. He's got, like, eight already. Like, he he's going right, to come yeah. down. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I don't – I'm still not on the Jordan Morris train, but it's they're, – they're playing well. They're beating the teams they have to beat. That was a big win this week against mm-hmm. St. Louis. Uh, the, the interesting thing was how you said it was 0-0 at, at, at halftime and then the adjustment. That's where, that's where the good teams separate themselves from everybody else. When you come in you're able to make an adjustment, you're able to change some stuff and get the win based on those changes. That's what they did. Good for them. Yeah. But I'm it's not say, a big difference. I'm yeah. I'm going to say LAFC as well.
1: And purely because they, this team, this LAFC team, the players that are there have done it before. This mm-hmm. is a different Seattle team than we've seen in the past. And this Seattle team It doesn't have a lot of the same players. It has some of the key figures, but not a lot of the same players. And it's been a while since, you know, last year they didn't have a good season. They did win the CONCACAF Champions League, but they had an awful, awful um, MLS season. So I'm going to err on the side of LAFC purely because of the experience that that their team as a whole has uh, in these types of positions. But like you said, I think Seattle, you know, they're right there and they have a lot of talent. And, yeah. I, you know, I don't think it's surprising that a Brian Schmetzer-led team is competing near the top of the Western Conference. Uh, but I'm going to need to see them continue this for a little bit more before I think I put them on the same pedestal as as LAFC.
2: Seattle's uh, good, man. They're so good that they got Rui Diaz on the bench right now just because they can't yeah. put him in the spot because they they the way everybody's playing so well. So props yeah. to them. Props to them. I, I love it. I got a Seattle jersey. Not a Jordan Morris. Yeah, though. no. Yeah, was the Xbox 360 jerseys. You know, those are great. <laughs> that's, what I got. Um, that's the one. I love it. <laughs> um, moving over,
1: we'll we'll talk about a game. We don't typically talk about what's coming up, but we'll talk about a game that's coming up because yeah. of its, its stature uh, w- 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 as we continue our LFC segment here. Um, LFC is digging on LA Galaxy and El Trafico this weekend. <laughs> Excuse me, geez. Um, and El <laughs> this weekend. Um, it comes a good time for the Galaxy, at least in the fact that Chicharito is back. Um, Chicharito is back, and they have never, ever lost to LASC at home. So yeah. two good things going for the Galaxy. Other than that, not much going well. They, they, they lost again. Um, they're going to be missing players because I think two of their players, I think Costa and someone else, I forget, or Casetas, I think it was, got red mm-hmm. cards in the Houston match. So, um, they're going to be missing both those players, but they do get Chicharito back. Um, this is a game that will take place after LAFC plays their match in Vancouver, in Vancouver, or excuse me, at home against Vancouver in the CCL on Wednesday, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Dave reporting is Tuesday. Um, but um, will the CCL schedule affect LAFC, or is this, you know, is there... A- Let's actually, let's start with Galaxy because this is a game that they need a spark from. This is a game that they can get a spark from, a rivalry match where they could get a spark from this match and, and and carry that on through the through the next few games to get back on track. Do they need a win in this one to get back on track? Or do you think a draw or even a good loss would be enough to say, okay, maybe we're starting to see a little something here against a rival in El Trafico?
2: Oh, you need a win and a convincing win. Not even a close one. You need a, a a convincing win that reestablishes balance in the city of Los Angeles. That's what you need because right now LAFC is just so far ahead, so much better in everything that they're doing than the Galaxy, and the Galaxy have no momentum. they they we're. Let's be real, Henrik. Let's be real, Galaxy fans. Look at me here. Okay, you see me, Galaxy guys. I'm talking to you. If you're, if you really think having an old Chicharito coming back. And, and that's going to be the the difference between you and a guy like Dennis buwanga or any of these other guys that LAFC have, man. It's going to be a long, long El Trophy going, a long, long trip back to where, you know, to Los Angeles. Because I know they play out in Carson City, and that's like an hour away. They got the same uh, inner miami situation over there. But at least the Galaxy have, you know, five championships, I think, in their, yeah. in their trophy yeah, cabinet. And so and I don't... good history. I don't... Yeah, they got a good history here, but this is LAFC's time. This is it's all about them right now. The Galaxy, it's they would have to pull out a shocking like a three nothing win or something like that. Like it'd have to be something really good. Can they do it? See know,
1: my, my thought process is if you could somehow sneak out a one one or a two two draw in this one, that's a good you're like, Okay, you know what? We held them to a draw. That's a good result. Let's build off this. But like you said, I mean, two key players, uh, starters on uh, or key players on red cards now that will not be available yeah. for El Trafico. I, I just I mean, that defense is in shambles. Uh, they're yeah. going to run ragged, in my opinion. And really, the only question is, will the loaded schedule over the past two weeks have any effect on LAFC? But I, 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 yeah, I would agree, I think. LAFC. They're- my guess is LAC probably rests players in uh, this match against Vancouver um, yeah. tomorrow, and it's not just tonight. <laughs> tonight. It's night, I People forgetting it's not. <laughs> it's Wednesday game. You think it's Wednesday? Phillies tomorrow. LAC's yeah. tonight. But um, my guess is they rest players tonight, and then they're going to just absolutely destroy LA Galaxy um in in uh you know at home or excuse me uh, on the road at at LA Galaxy stadium um and i just i can't see a way where galaxy finds
2: anything like an an LAFC b team with a 3 nothing lead at home against vancouver is is a sure thing as you can possibly get they're going to i don't think it's going to be a challenge for them tonight you know to to maintain that and just move on and advance however uh they get their points They'll move on, and the fact that they're the the long trip is going from downtown Los Angeles out to Carson City to take on the Galaxy Pro Traffic Go. That's uh, yeah, the travel, the the loaded schedule is not going to be. I have it's early, it's not going to be yeah. anything that's going to delay them or hurt them. It's early in the season; guys are still well rested. It's yeah, if this was late late season, maybe, but. But no, and you man, you said something there. You said the galaxy, maybe they could put together something to win and build off of the galaxy, isn't a we gotta win to build off of team. They're they're the same. They're man, they, like if you're an Elliott, put it this way. This is like if you're a Yankee fan and the Mets are getting all the attention right now. You know? The Mets are just it it's all like. about the Mets. If that's what it is. That's what's happening right now in Los Angeles. You know, the Galaxy have been the 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 what do you call it, the the show pony of the league for, for its entire existence. They've been the, the best team, the class of MLS, and now here comes LAFC, and they're just, man, slapping them around. The only thing the Galaxy have left is that they've never lost to LAFC at home. That's it. But that's going to end. That's going to end this week. It's, it's going to end pretty bad because LAFC wants it to, and they're going to go in there. They're going to take you know what they want, and you know, it's going to be hard times for the Galaxy.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I would imagine a lot of pressure coming from LAFC and a lot of sitting back from the Galaxy just hoping and praying they don't give up a goal and they can find (laughs) something on the counter. Like, that's the only thing I guess. That's what I guess this game is going to be like.
2: But um, Chicharito crying there going, man, (laughs) but if I I don't like Jordan Morris, I dislike Chicharito even more. I don't, there's just nothing I like about that guy. (laughs) I
1: yes. got we, we, we the two tough. players you hate the most are Chicharino and Jordan. and <laughs> confirm. Um, but I think that wraps up about everything we need to talk about with the MLS. Like we said, yeah. I the South Traffico uh matches is, is not going to be anything of you know of, of significant anything really that that you're gonna I think it's gonna be blowout without mincing words. I think it's just gonna be blowout. yeah. Um Let's move on, though, to the CONCACAF Champions League. We'll talk a little bit about this before we get into League MX and wrap things up. But um, we'll start with Philly. We'll break it up before we go into LAFC once more. But uh, we'll start with Philly and Atlas. Philly's up one nothing over Atlas right now with the trip to Atlas coming up uh, this week. Um, An Atlas team that has won just two games since their first win in the first game of the season. The question is, is this Philly's game to lose? Is there any way Atlas can expose Philly and shock them this week?
2: The way Philly's been playing, yeah, there's a way Atlas could expose them. Philly ha- is another one of those teams that, much like Austin, a lot of you know expectations going into the season, a lot of obviously, runner-ups last season in the MLS Cup. Mm-hmm. To come in this season, get off to a slow start, Lose to inner miami I like how I can sneak in Inter-Miami in every segment we talk about. Uh, lose to inner miami 2-0. But Philly, again, I love their coach. I love – I'm all about the dupe. Dupe, 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 which I, I, I think is such a weird catchphrase that they have up there. Uh, but I, I'm all about the dupe. I'm all about Philly. I think I, – I also had a friend – I have a close friend who used to work for the organization. Um, and he just spoke incredible – Great things about how well run and how everything is just first class over there. So I, they're a first class team. They're they're that other team that's there. I got them above. I, I'll put them into that elite category. They might not be playing like it right now, but they're you know one of those elite teams in MLS. I think uh, Curtin is a great coach. Those players, Gazda, Carranza, they're they're gonna figure it out. I think they're realizing that they took a couple games lightly at the beginning of this tournament, and now they have a chance to really just you know put a put a, a nail in the coffin here for Atlas and move on to the next round and, you know, bring them, bring home that title. They have a very good chance to to be competitive and, and win this thing. So I think they're going to, they'll be all right. I think they're going to be okay. I don't really see Atlas, you know, doing much here now. I don't know. Maybe Lizzie will disagree with me because she's definitely more of the Liga MX person here. And, you know, she, she thinks every team is going to win, but except Cruz Azul, <laughs> but <laughs>
0: no, yeah, it's,
2: um, I mean, Atlas has been struggling recently and I know Philly has
1: struggled, but again, as in their one, one, nothing lost to Cincinnati this past weekend, they did rest a bunch of players for this match. Um, yeah. so that they can, um, so that they can, um, you know, be ready for the Atlas match. Um, yeah. so I, I, would imagine Philly goes out and is, you know, just, just fires on all cylinders in this in this match and honestly gets the win. I I can't imagine. I know it's on the road. Atlas is not going to be an easy team to play against um yeah. on the road tomorrow. But um I would imagine Philly, you know, they'll they'll probably park it a little bit, but you know, they're going to go out there and hopefully get an, you know, in their case, they hope to get an early goal and then from that point on just kind of take care of things from there because that away goal is going to be so important. So if they can exactly. get the the one away goal, Um, And then kind of park the bus from there that that should get the job done. And I I really can't see, um, can't foresee Philly, you know, losing this one. But again, I I don't underestimate Atlas either. You know, this is going to Mexico is not an easy thing. And so it's going to be a test for sure for Philly. And this is uh, another game where they could say, okay, we go in there and we perform well. We could start to figure things out and get back on track. But they do seem to be having a little bit of the CONCACAF Champions League uh, struggle that Seattle was having last season and trying to balance it and trying to figure out how to win it while also yeah. playing well in, in the, the MLS. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, how that one turns out. Then of course, again, as we mentioned, LAFC lead Vancouver three, nothing already in their Concap yeah. con- champions league match. Um, I mean, we, we've already talked about it. We probably expect yeah. LAFC to rest, um, to rest players. But is there any shot that Vancouver can pull this one out on the road?
2: Sorry to disappoint you and your Vancouver Whitecaps minute. Uh, no, it's just, it's over for Vancouver. Unfortunately, they had a nice run, you know, they had their good game in the the previous round. So it's nice. They good showing, but actually I, I do want to touch on the Philadelphia for a second. Historically, MLS teams going to Mexico have struggled and you know, it's always been a challenge for them. Uh, but I think the real challenge for Philly is not going to be tomorrow against Atlas is actually going to be Saturday on the road in Chicago against a team that we've talked about already. Chicago is, you know, a team that's playing better than we expected. And are they going to be able to, to keep it up for two road games in a row? Those that's a lot of traveling for Philadelphia. So we'll see how, how the union yeah. do, but you know, not, I, I'm not, down, going down to
1: Laura and then traveling back to Philly to then travel to Chicago. That's, that's not a fun, that's not that's, a fun trip. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be difficult. This is, I don't think it's well. well I think, well I think, it's probably unrealistic for the Vancouver. It's unrealistic for the Vancouver Whitecaps to beat LAFC this week. I don't think it's unrealistic for Atlas to pull out a shock victory against Philly this weekend. Oh, for this hundred percent, yeah. So um, it, that one is going to be a phenomenal one. That one takes place tomorrow. Um, yeah, there you that go. That one <laughs> takes place tomorrow uh, at 10 p.m. Tonight's game takes place tonight between LAFC and. And Vancouver, and then there is a Thursday match as well between Tigres. Um, they they're already up one nothing on their opponent, which I think is CD Olímpico. Um, no Montagua, 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 okay. yeah. and then and then Lyon plays tomorrow night as well, but they're already up five nothing and basically through to the next round on Violet. Um, yeah. so um, I, I can't imagine they'll they'll lose either. So and they they haven't lost in. Thirteen matches now, so they've been on a bit of a tear. Um, but I think that wraps up Concacaf Champions League. We do need to touch on some Liga MX things, though. So the big news does involve Tigres as they go into this second leg of the Concacaf Champions League. They're now r- with a new coach again for the second time this season. New um, <laughs> coach, I believe his name. I'm just so pull it up just so I make sure I have it. Um, oh, here we I go. Yes, Marco Ruiz was the coach who took over for Diego Coca in the middle of the season when Coca went to um, the Mexican national team. And now he has been fired since because Tigres <laughs> has been awful for the last – the better part of the last six games, I think. Um, yeah. And now they bring in a coach by the name of Robert Dante Civoldi, the new the, That's their new uh, Tigres coach. And he will take over his first match. Um <laughs> <laughs> he will take over his first match this week against uh, in their CONCACAF Champions League match. My question to you as we talk about Tigres, who um, has been struggling of late. I mean, how do they break out of this? Is this, you know, they currently sit in seventh place when they were, when we were at the beginning of the season, we were talking about them as one of the best teams in the league, possibly yeah. could win the entire, all of, all of Liga MX, the League of Mexico, the and the playoffs. Now they like, sit in seventh place. They've fallen tremendously since that point. Um, They do have a one lead in their their CONCACAF Champions League match. Is this coaching change enough to right the ship now, or is this just going to cause more problems so late in the season and in such a pivotal time in the CONCACAF Champions
2: League? Uh, I'll answer your question with another question. Name me a time where something like this has happened and it's worked out for the team where you've had double coaching changes in the middle of a cup run while you're trailing the standings. Like there's a reason you're doing a double coaching changes because you're not playing well. You're not a well-run team and the performance is not well. You don't change coaches when you're at top of the table. So um, now it, it, is in trouble. I think they better not sleep on my boys. Motagua. All right, shout out to all my Catracho friends, all my Honduran peeps out there rooting, and watching tomorrow or when is it? They're playing tonight? No, Thursday. Uh, Thursday, Thursday that Thursday. game. So they'll be. Uh, I'll be cheering for Motagua. I like. Uh, I got a lot of Honduran friends, so shout out to Catracho Nation. Uh, I, I think Tetas is in trouble. I think sometimes you get a you know a little too full of your own. You know, you start drinking your own juice too much, and you realize, hey, wait a minute, man, we're having problems here, and eventually they're going to have to make a choice because it's, it's obvious with the coaching changes and it's obvious with their performance that they can't focus on two things right now. They can't focus on this yeah. Champions League Cup run and they can't focus on you know, where they are in the table. Which one's going to take priority for them? If you're a Mexican I, fan, what takes priority for you? you know? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of
1: turmoil in this, in this Tigres team. You know, obviously, again, as Lizzie had mentioned when we talked about this, when Coca moved on, um, the Tigres fan base and the Mexican national team do not get along. Um, so when Coca moved to the Mexican national team, uh, there was, you know, a lot of, you know, discord between that. And then they moved on to Marco Ruiz who got a win in his first match. Um, but since then, uh, had, they've just been awful and they've yeah. only won, I think it's two games in their past. Um, I just had it up here. Yeah. Two games in their past, like eight, I think it is eight or nine. Ugh and Ouch. that's not a good not a good sign um obviously that's why you move on from the current coach that you have now um, <laughs> they did just lose to Mazatlan who has two wins all season one against Cruz Azul and one against Tigres um so you can't be losing games to Mazatlan if you want to continue to climb up the standings and change things around and that was clearly the last straw i think honestly I, you know we're they have four games left in the season or uh, excuse me um they have Three games left in the um in the clausura season before the playoffs mm-hmm. they have Queretaro, they have puebla, and they have leon. The leon game is probably thank you. Your Spanish you, yes. is
2: outstanding, bro. Is phenomenal. phenomenal, phenomenal, yes, very, uh, very, good. No.
1: very good job. So, so the leon game is going to be um is going to be a difficult one, it's on the road it's going to be hard for them to win that one. And Carretero is on the road as well. And as Lizzie told us, they're just getting their fan base back. Their fan base is ready to get back into things. And so that's going to be a difficult one too. I mean, this is not an easy run in for a Tigers team that desperately, desperately needs a win right now. And, uh, you know...
2: Would you I, be surprised no, to see a third coaching change before the season's over? <laughs> like, I would this be surprised. Gonna come in to and be like, coaching change.
0: He's, he's like, you lost
2: to you get... lost the Champions League game. You lost the first two of these last three that are gone. You're gone. Get out of here. Bring in the fourth. I would listen. Game.
1: I would be surprised because if they don't, you know, they're Ooh. they're, Queretaro and Puebla are both nine and ten in the in the playoffs right now. These are very important games for them and for Tigres because if Tigres loses both those games, who they have up next, Querétaro and Pueblo probably move above them in the standings, and Tigres kind of floating around that 10, 11, 12 position. That's a problem. (laughs) Seems like an
2: issue. Like, there's a realistic shot where they lose the last three games of the season. I love how all the team names have fallen to you in this conversation in this segment, and you've handled it like a total champ. And, Bravo! Uh, listen, dude, I'm here. Like awesome. I haven't had to say, say one of those teams. <laughs> I'm nailing them, dude.
1: Very um, good job. But,
2: thank you, thank you.
1: But yeah, <laughs> so it's um, it's it's going to be interesting for T. Grace. Very. That's really very, the, very. the the, the world of this conversation is T. Grace is going to have some trouble, and <laughs> it doesn't look like it's it may not get any better. We'll find out uh, Thursday to see what the differences are. But yeah, maybe maybe this
2: new guy comes in and they, they pull off. They go two and one in the season and they win, you know, on Thursday and they they continue to advance. They survive in advance in the in the cup. We'll see. Could be. Could be. But yeah. again, I've never seen a situation where, you know, after a second coaching change in the season, um, you're going to have success. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. It's like uh like, oh, you know what? I think it is. Chelsea, huh? Same thing, right? You guys in Chelsea are like the yeah they're they they both it's the same thing right pro- they had Tuchel they went from Tuchel to Potter to now uh, oh, yeah, Lampard Potter is a fill-in. They're they they're they're playing tomorrow against Real Madrid in the Champions League Are they they're out of the yeah. table they're not gonna make uh you know there's no playoffs in Premier League but they're not gonna make top four but are they gonna make yeah. top ten maybe who knows you know find out so look at that Thiketes and Chelsea are maybe I should be a Thiketes fan maybe I should root for them. You know, yeah, no, yeah, that's <laughs> why I'm a fan. There's
1: disappointment forever, and that's why I'm a cruiser man <laughs> because everything does the same thing to me. Um yep. but uh yeah, so that's I mean Tigres is, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see what mm-hmm. happens. And then the final thing I want to talk about, the another thing we need to note in Liga MX, Club America, they break Monterey's streak. Um, Monterey had not lost since the first game of the season coming into this match with Club America. This was a match that I was really, really, really hoping that (laughs) um, Monterey was going to win because it would have made me very happy because then Monterey would have, um, then Club America would have been in striking distance for Cruz Azul in their matchup this coming weekend. (laughs) that was not the case because why would anything work out so that I can be, I just want to be busy. I just you said want to you're an this. Everton fan. That's that's what we're you it's expecting. It's <laughs> very true. This is very true. But it, it was a stunning. It was a stunning win, I think, for Club America. I mean, yeah. Monterey has been on a tear. They have never mind the fact that they haven't lost since the first game of the season. They haven't even drawn. They've drawn once since yeah. the first game of the season up until this point. They lose two one. Um, They get up early, one nothing, and then um, Club America with Valdez and Venus. Um, Get two goals, one in the first half, one late in the second half, that leads to the 2 1 win. Um, just, I mean, I credit to Club America because this was not an easy game for them to have to play. And, and you know, was you know, you got a a rivalry matchup, a derby that come next coming weekend, um, against Cruz Azul, against the team. This is against a team that was not easy to beat. So yeah. um, they controlled 62% of the possession, had 2.23 expected goals, eight shots, five on target, compared to um, nine shots and four on target for Monterey. Um, a lot of that coming in uh, the second half, uh, for the most part. Um, but Club America now in third place, and we're sad.
2: Yeah, yeah. So sad. You, this is I, I envision Lizzie watching this episode. You know, later Just on her. Just this is the reason. This is the reason she's on vacation too. It's because you know Club got pulled off the big win. She had to go celebrate, so she's out somewhere probably in the streets of Mexico right now we celebrating. We were so close. We were so close. So close. So because close. then Just, I
1: could have. It would have been the free. It, it was. It was all going too perfectly. Because then it would have been the first <laughs> game back for Lizzie after Club America lost to Cruz Azul. Oh, yeah. It would have been so good, but nonetheless, Club America. Um, they uh win the match and and they are now they have Cruz Azul, Pumas, and Juarez left on the schedule, so yeah. um, definitely a good uh schedule reigning for them. They will probably not catch Monterey, they're seven points back, but three to play. That would yeah. be Monterey would have to have an all time collapse for them to lose, exactly. Um, and Monterey has Mazatlan left on their schedule and a Pumas team who's been struggling left on their schedule, so. Can not imagine Monterey is going to lose this one but no, I think you are going to lose this lead but uh, you're going to have
2: to wait till next season to get that that revenge you know that satisfaction which no, is the want...
1: there the playoffs are there <laughs> don't worry playoffs are there when Club America takes on Cruz Azul in the playoffs and Cruz Azul wins okay. it's, it's going to be okay it's all going to be okay oh man
2: we'll do a whole show just on that i want you to break down minute by minute will, everything that happened of that victory i
1: will i will nix the MLS portion of the schedule if if Cruz Azul <laughs> Beat Club America. That's my that's my opinion.
2: Hundred fifty percent. I'll be there watching. Uh, I did want to ask you one thing here before we wrap up. Uh, you've now that you've encompassed a good amount of a season already for Mexican Liga MX. How do you feel? Are you are you like into it more than you thought you would? Kind of right where you thought you would be, or I think I'm
1: right where I thought I would be. I'm still kind of figuring it out, trying to watch the games. It is hard to watch them in Spanish. Because I either watch it on mute or I don't you understand. Sound music fluent, music you happening. sound fluent though. So. You sound fluent though. Thank you. You're I appreciate it. The That's the big word that I've learned over the course of, of me <laughs> watching Spanish Soccer. Um but yeah, I mean it's it's been an interesting it's been hard to watch the games in Spanish, which has been the, the hardest part, I think, because it's like it's harder yeah. to be engaged when when you know <laughs> you're not understanding a single thing of what the announcers are saying. Um but it's been good. I mean, there's been a lot of craziness all throughout and now we're getting into the good portion of the season where, you know, it's almost playoff playoffs. time. we got yeah. the end of the season, end of the Cloud then into the playoffs. We get a little bit of a break, and then we get Leagues Cup. So it, a lot of yeah. good stuff coming up that's going to, you know, continue to help me move more into the League MX world. But um, we're in a good spot right now.
2: And where's is is the Cruz Azul jersey already in your closet, or is it on I the way? I do not have a
1: Cruz Azul jersey. I do not have one yet. I there are my Cruz
2: Azul. You're missing out. You got a big fan right here. Hook him up. I Hook know, this I guy know. up. He's really devoted. Like I got to I got to commend your your commitment to, to finding your team, to sticking with the league. You're the kind of fan every team wants. Man,
1: good job. I'm fine. I try really really hard. I try really hard, and I I, I root for my teams very much. Yeah. But yes. you know, they made it hard for me at the beginning. I almost, I almost jump shit. <laughs> I almost had to jump shit.
2: But then I realized <laughs> I'm
1: a loyal fan, so I would never do that. Exactly. Hook this man up right there.
2: Hook him but, up. Uh, but Who's yeah, so that is that. I think that about wraps up everything. You got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, I just want to say thank you guys for for letting me hop in and fill in for a couple of weeks here. Of Always fun. Always love to to to, to go back and forth on a good footy talk here so anytime you guys need me i'm always available i'll still be behind the scenes for anybody who's watching so uh be sure to follow us 90 Min underscore us on twitter 90 Min underscore usa on ig and sure hit that like and subscribe button right now if you're watching on youtube show some support give us some love we really appreciate it every little like goes a long way and uh every little comment every little everything that you do really means a lot to all of us that work really hard to uh make this thing happen to you so for myself thank you very much uh lizzie have a safe awesome vacation she'll be back next yes. week to uh to uh, enlighten us with her club america takes and her disdain she'll carry <laughs> on <off> my disdain <laughs> for inner miami though so that part will be safe on the show so we'll uh, see we'll see I what got.
1: happens with Inter miami maybe oh, well they can't get a win this weekend so it is a win
2: yeah yeah guarantee they, they won't them.
1: lose this weekend there you go So they won't lose this weekend. There you go. Breaking news from from the Real Football Show: Inter Miami will not lose this weekend. Guaranteed. Uh, That about wraps it up. Yeah, that about wraps it up. We're getting silly out here. We're getting silly out here. So let's uh, let's let's you know break here. And we appreciate again, we appreciate all you guys' support, and we 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 appreciate the the love you guys give us. And uh, you know, again, just like Edwin said, go follow the social channels, check out all of our content, and we will talk to you guys next week.